Good evening, West Houston Christian Center. This is Pastor Jack C. coming to you from the sanctuary of West Houston Christian Center. It's Tuesday night and it's time for our Bible study. And uh, we're glad that you're here. Uh, gather your family uh, or uh, whomever you're watching this with. And uh, we're going to get into the Word of God. Uh, we're going to get into some practical aspects about walking in love tonight. We're going to get into some nuts and bolts. We're going to get into how do I develop that spirit of love within me? What are some practical things that I can do to make this applicable to my life? You know, love is not a theory. It's not something that's just supposed to be taught in the classroom and, and locked away. No, no, no. Love is something that we're supposed to walk in 24-7. It's supposed to really permeate our entire being and our whole lives. And the way that it does is through using it acting on it, confessing it, imagining it, doing a number of things that we're going to talk about tonight. Amen. This is by no means uh, an exhaustible list of how we do it, but these are just a few thoughts, things that I've been reading and studying of how to make sure that I'm walking in love, but I'm walking in love by faith. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, as we come before uh, your word tonight. Father, I pray over every year uh, that's going to hear this, Father. I pray that, uh, Lord, that we're alert, that we're aware, uh, Father, that we are uh, not just listening with our, with our natural ears, Father, but our spirits are open to what you're saying to us tonight through the spirit of grace. I plead the blood of Jesus, Lord, over every home, um, every person, Lord, that's receiving this right now. Father, I just continue to pray blessing and um, protection, Lord, over each home. Uh, order, uh, Lord, into each home. And uh, Lord, as we take this few minutes, Lord, and just gather around your word, that Lord, that we're going to draw strength from it, that we're going to mix our faith with it. And according to your word, it will prosper us in Jesus' name. Amen. So how to walk in God's kind of love. Number one, this is a hard one, okay, but it's really not, but it's something that's probably the most talked about is we have to walk in forgiveness. The number one key to walking in the God kind of love is walking in forgiveness. Um, how do I walk in forgiveness? Well, this kind of goes back to a central truth that we talked about a few weeks ago. Um, something, the core belief of every single believer, we have to have this one thing in common. This is what everything starts with. It's what holds everything together. I have to have not just the knowledge uh, not just the t-shirt, not just the bumper sticker, not just the song. I have to have the revelation that God loves me. That is the birthplace of everything that I believe. It comes out of the knowledge that God loves me. If I know that God loves me, amen, then I in turn can love others. Well, hand in hand with that, if I know that God forgives me, then in turn, I can forgive others. When I know and have a revelation of how much God loves me, then in turn, I have a revelation of how much God forgives me. And we'll get into that in just a few minutes. But when I know that God loves me, then number one, I can forgive myself. And, and this is a lot, of, um, a lot of times where we struggle is just forgiving ourselves. Uh, there's no one that's gonna be harder on us than us. And we constantly are reminded of things that didn't go our way, words that were spoken, things that didn't happen, rejections, et cetera, et cetera. We all know those things. Things that I did, 
things that were done to me, things that I had no control over. Um, but when I know that God loves me and God forgives me, then in turn, I can now forgive others. When I have a real revelation of how much God has forgiven me for. A lot of times when I have encountered people that have a lot of unforgiveness in their hearts, and some of them had some very, very real things. These were not make-believe things or things they even invited to happen to them. But when they have this deep unforgiveness for somebody, sometimes it's easy not to see what we've done to other people also. We want to make sure that I'm not holding unforgiveness against somebody that I've done to other people along the way. Amen? So, when I choose to walk in forgiveness, it's because I have a deep revelation that God loves me and that God forgives me. Then in turn, I can forgive others. Now listen. Jesus forgave under the worst of circumstances. I want you to notice everything about Jesus. Jesus had to do everything under the worst of circumstances. Adam and Eve, they got to, um, were tempted by, by the devil in a, in a garden that was full of everything. They were tempted where there was plenty of food, plenty of trees, plenty, there was, there was just so much of an abundance. Satan tempted Adam and Eve in the best uh, the scenario. They had everything. Well, when Satan tempted Jesus, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness after a 40-day fast. He was tempted under the worst of scenarios where there was no food. So even notice here that when Jesus talks about forgiveness, he's talking about forgiveness under the worst of circumstances. Let's go to the Word. Let's look at Luke 22, I'm sorry, 23, 34. It says, then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. As many of us know, those are the words that Jesus spoke from actually being on the cross. Jesus, at the very worst opportunity, uh, worst time in his life, most painful time in his life, chose that moment to forgive. And let's just refresh ourselves to what Jesus had gone through up to that point. He'd been falsely arrested. He'd been falsely tried. He'd been falsely convicted. He'd been lied about, betrayed, abandoned, beaten, mocked, nailed to a tree, stripped naked. And yes, even at his feet, they were playing dice or rolling for his own clothes. In the worst of scenarios, under the worst of circumstances, under the worst of everything, Jesus chose that moment at the very worst to say, Father, forgive them. So how much more can we? None of us have ever been through what Jesus has been through. Yes, we've had things happen to us. Yes, we've had people say horrible things to us, deprive us of things, abuse us of things, offense, all those things that have happened to us. Those are very, very real things. But I just want you to see that Jesus, under the worst of circumstances, forgave. So how can we, under the best of circumstances, not forgive also? Amen? Listen to me. Unforgiveness can open the door to sickness and the thief who comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Amen? Forgiveness, it's like a lubrication in our spiritual being. It keeps us going. It keeps us motivated. It keeps everything working together. It's a lubricant that kind of helps us keep going. But when I walk in unforgiveness, there's this drying effect, this, this hardening that begins to take place in my heart. And when I 
choose, when I know that I'm supposed to forgive and I choose not to, then what that happens is, is that moves me out from the protective hand of God's blessing. And that puts me in the arena where Satan has access to me through sickness, through theft, through destruction, through loss, through all these types of things. And a lot of times how Satan attacks us is through our emotions. I'm more depressed, I'm more angry, I'm more lonely. All those types of things which are not characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit or of a believer, those are more characteristics of somebody that's outside of the covenant. So I want to make sure that when I am living and I am uh, going through my day, I want to constantly be checking myself. I cannot, listen to me, we don't like to use this term in faith circles because it's a bad confession, but we want to use it in this scenario. You cannot afford to walk in unforgiveness. You can't afford it. The price is too high. The, the penalty is too high for when we choose knowingly to walk in unforgiveness with somebody. Amen? Forgiveness is a beautiful thing. Well, Pastor Jack, what do I do if the person hasn't even asked to, to, for me to forgive them or for, for me to forgive them? Doesn't matter. Forgiveness is not about the other person. It's about you. Forgiveness is about keeping my heart tender and pure before the Lord so that I continue to receive from Him. What that other person does, that's between God and them. But when I choose to forgive, I am allowing that love to take more and more precedent in my life. Amen. The more unforgiveness I have, the less love I have. Amen. So uh, um, if you'll look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14, it says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. The number one thing that we want and need from our Father is forgiveness. He has the ability uh, to hold every sin against us. He has the ability to remember everything we've ever done. He has the ability to bring to mind every time when we acted inappropriately or even spoke against him in vain, used his name in vain, did all these things. But God chose to forgive us of his own free will. And so how much more if we cannot receive his forgiveness or if we don't act in his forgiveness than the Bible says, not me saying, it says in Matthew 6, 14, then he will not forgive us. We have to walk in a state of forgiveness. I don't want anything. I don't want to pick up anything that's going to be any type of a hindrance to my spirit or to my soul. I want to constantly keeping it purged out. Amen? I want to constantly keeping it purged out. Father, I forgive. I forgive. I forgive. By faith, Lord, I forgive. This is a, one of the best scriptures in the Bible. Matthew chapter 18, verse 22 says, Jesus answered and he said, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven do you forgive. The disciples had come to Jesus. Jesus is talking about forgiveness and unforgiveness. And they said, well, well, Father, how many times, Jesus, how many times do I forgive my brother? Seven times, and Jesus was like, no, not seven times. How about 70 times seven times? Now, he wasn't saying you cap it off at 490 times. What he was saying is, is you continually walk in this forgiveness. And the disciples make a statement that I don't see anywhere else in the Bible. That's when they said, Jesus, increase our faith. Because they knew that in their own natural carnal 
being, they would not be able to live or walk in this type of forgiveness of their own accord. It was going to take faith to do it. It's going to take faith to walk in the God kind of love. It's going to take faith to walk in unforgiveness or to walk in forgiveness, excuse me. It's going to take faith to do it. And so when we do it God's way, the way that he's instructed us to do it, then we get God's results. Uh, It is very, very hard to try and walk uh, in forgiveness uh, of your own accord. We just don't have the capacity to do it as humans. He, He gives us his capacity so that he can do it through us. Amen. So. Number one. Uh, of walking in God's kind of love is um, walking in forgiveness. And so I would just encourage you to start there, nuts and bolts. Forgive. If there's somebody in your life, every time you see them, if you still wince, every time you still see them, if it brings up the old hurts and the offenses, forgiveness is a process. Amen. And that's why it takes faith to do it. So as you begin to forgive that person, as you begin to pray for that person, as you begin to seeing yourself in restoration with that person, person, the healing is going to begin to come in that area. Well, what if that person's already left the earth? Doesn't matter. By faith, I want to begin to speak. I want to begin to confess. I want to begin to, to verbalize that I am forgiven, that I am walking in forgiveness with that person. Amen. That was number one. Number two, Number two, we have to renew our mind and feed our faith about love. If you want to walk in the God kind of love, then we have to renew our minds and we have to feed our faith. And both of those are done through the word of God. This is some of my favorite scripture that I found recently in Proverbs chapter 4, 20 verse 22, but it's out of the Passion Translation. These words literally jumped off the page because this is, and and what I'm about to share with you, this is the key to receiving and doing anything for God. This is the key to faith. This is the key to renewing your mind. This is the process of how we do it. And if we'll do these few things that I'm about to share with you, you can apply this to any area of your life and it will work 100% of the time, satisfaction guaranteed. Proverbs chapter four, verse 20 and 22, out of the Passion Translation. It says, listen carefully, my dear children, to everything that I teach you and pay attention to all that I have to say. Here it comes, verse 21. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the core of your being. Isn't that exciting? I just keep hearing this phrase as I go through my day. Jack, let my words fill your thoughts. Let my words fill your thoughts. Let words about love fill your thoughts. Let them fill your thoughts throughout the whole day. Well, pastor, I just can't think about love all day. You're already thinking about something already. Why can't it be love? Why can't I let God's words, don't let the words of the people that have hurt you fill your thoughts. Don't let the negative, don't let your own words fill your thoughts. Let God's words fill your thoughts. And what it says is until they penetrate deep into your spirit. A lot of times when we get into confessing the word and renewing our mind, we'll say the scripture a few times. Well, I don't feel any different. Nothing happened. 
It's a process. It's a process. Listen, the messes in our lives don't just happen overnight. It's a series of bad decisions and bad choices being reinforced over and over and over. And sometimes we bring, uh, I see this big ball that's just filled with knots. Men, if you have extension cords, you, you know what I'm talking about. It's just this giant knot. And what happens sometimes is we bring it to God and we say, okay, God, fix this. And God's like, okay. And he gives us a scripture and we meditate on that scripture. Well, we say that scripture a few times and we expect that knot to be gone. It is a process. The same process that got you into the mess that you're in it is now a process to get you out of it. There are no quick fixes when it comes to the Word of God. The fastest thing that's ever gonna happen to you in the Word of God is when you get born again. When you get born again and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ was Lord, when you believe that He was raised from the dead, boom, instantly you're saved. That's the fastest thing that's ever gonna happen to you. Now His love is automatic, His forgiveness is automatic, all these things are fast and automatic. But when we start dealing with walking in the God kind of love by faith, we have to remember and give ourselves some room. It's a process. You might go for weeks and man, I'm just on top of the world. And all of a sudden something triggers a, an old, uh, something that happened. It, a person comes back into your life, something that triggers an old hurt or pain. And all of a sudden we're like, well, I, I, it's all gone. I don't feel it anymore. No, no, no. It's a process. God is slowly moving and getting, he's so patient. He's so gentle. I've shared this many times before, but if I was gonna go have a surgery, I would not wanna have 750 surgeries all at the same time. No, 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 our bodies would go into shock, we would die. We would wanna have one surgery at a time, heal up and then have the next and then have the next. That's how God works with us. He deals with us on one thing at a time. He wants us to get saved, healed, and delivered in that area. And then we're continually moving deeper into who we are and who He is so that He can get into the real depths of why do I do the things that I do? Why do I think the things that I think? Why, do I, why am I hurt whenever that person walks in the room? There are some deep, deep things that are inside of us and only the Word of God can get to them but it is a process for it to happen. And that process will not happen unless I let His words fill my thoughts and begin to penetrate even the deep into my spirit. I've got to get the word in there. I've got to get it into me first. Verse 22, then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the core of your being is I now take the word that is penetrated and I've put it inside of me, then just like a kid at Christmas, I begin to unwrap that word. And when I unwrap, I get a revelation about what it says. I get a revelation. I wanna get a revelation. I wanna have his words fill my thoughts to such a level that it penetrates my being. And now when I unwrap, or another word for unwrap is to discover. Now I'm getting to discover not just what that word says, but what it is, the power that's behind that word. And so as I begin to unwrap it, now all of a sudden light and illumination comes and I get revelation. And when I get revelation, now change comes because now the power that's inside that word is inside of me and is now acting as if Jesus had said it or done it himself. It has the same power. 
So when I am meditating, when I'm letting God's love words penetrate me and I get a revelation of them, all of a sudden it begins to explode inside of me and all of a sudden it begins to prosper me and then this wonderful thing called change begins to take place. Let me read you a little statement that I wrote down. I have to find a scripture. Now this will apply for anything in your life. If you need healing, if you need prosperity, if you need deliverance, if you need friends, whatever it is that you need, if you will do this process, it will prosper you. But you have to do the process. I have to find scriptures on love, meditate on them long enough to get them into my spirit. Revelation will take place. Life and light ignite and change happens. But I have to do the process long enough where I can have that transformation take place for that explosion. When I get revelation, when I get life and light together and it explodes inside of me, now all of a sudden I have the ability and the capacity to change. You know, we were doing a little Bible study in staff yesterday and uh, we're doing a book on E.W. Kenyon and it's fantastic. And uh, he makes a couple of statements about why are we word of faith? Why are we word of faith preachers? Why are we word of faith church as we are? And it's simply because Every one of us, my testimony is what the word has done for me. My testimony is that the word of God saved me. It healed me. It delivered me. It prospered me. It helped me get married and to have children. It put me into the ministry. Every testimony that I have is not because of something that I've done. It's a testimony of what God's word has done through me. That's what we're talking about. Your testimony should not be in what you did or how you did it or what you believe for. Your testimony should be, I took the word of God. I meditated on it. I got revelation of it. It prospered me. I mixed my faith with it. And now it's working in every area of my life. I cannot begin to tell you how far I've come because of the word of God. I can't tell you how far, how better, how what an amazing life that I have simply because I've learned how to do the simple principle of when I have a need or there's something going on in my life, I'm not perfect at it. You know, we still have flesh and sometimes we get mad and we got to vent, we got to get things out. But when that's over, God's patient. He's sitting there waiting for you and just saying, okay, you know what you need to do. You need to go back to the word. You need to spend more time in that word. You've got a little deficiency here. You need to build yourself back up. And all of a sudden now you're going to start getting the faith to come out like it was before. To walk in this God kind of love, we have to do it by faith. The only way for my faith to grow is for his words to fill my thoughts, to penetrate deeply into my spirit. That's the only way. And then when I take time meditating, unraveling, unwrapping, discovering what that word means, now all of a sudden that transfer of ownership takes place. There's an explosion of light and life and now change takes place. That's how it's supposed to work. That's why you need to be in a church that preaches the word of God. Do not be in a church where it's just full of platitudes telling you how great you are, how good you are. Don't be in a place. Make sure that any sermon that you listen to, there has to be scripture in that service or in that sermon. We can say a lot of flowery things. We can say a lot of poetic things. We can say a lot of emotionally tagging things. But if there's no word for you to stand on after you've heard that sermon, then you're gonna, your faith is going to be in the person that gave the message, not in the word of God. So we want to give you scripture. You want to be in a church 
that preaches and teaches the uncompromising word of God. Amen? You need to be in a word church, a faith church. That's what we are. So I wrote this down and, and we've, you've seen it before. If there's no revelation, there's no peace or no change. K-N-O-W, if there is no revelation, then, there, then you'll know change. No revelation, no change. No revelation, no change. Just change those no's. If there's no revelation, you're not going to have any change in your life. But if you do know revelation, you will have the change. You will know the change that you need. But it comes through revelation. Revelation is more than just coming to church on a Sunday morning. It is getting into the Word of God for yourselves. It is um, um, spending time with God in the mornings and the evenings, whenever you do, listening to His Word and then allowing that Word to change us, meditating on it. People fight over this, but I don't know how else to do it. Meditating on the Word, you got to get in it first. I like to memorize the Word. I like to memorize it. It's a discipline for me. It helps me stay um, I'm active in what I'm doing. I'm not just reading the word. Now I'm committing it to memory. I'm getting it in me so that I can meditate. You can't meditate on something that you haven't put into you yet. You know, I'm, I'm going to go have a wonderful lunch, but until I actually eat the lunch, it's not going to prosper me. I can look at the lunch, smell the lunch, talk about the lunch, YouTube the lunch, Instagram the lunch, lunch, lunch. What a lunch. I can, I can listen to all the reviews about the lunch. I can watch other people enjoy their lunch. But until I actually eat the lunch myself, it's not going to prosper me. It's the same with the Word of God. You need to get into the Word of God for yourself. Remember, Romans 10, 17. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. There's no other way for you to get faith other than the Word of God. There's no other way for you to get faith than letting His words fill your thoughts and penetrating deep into your spirit. Colossians 3.16 out of the Passion says, Let the word of Christ live, and another word for live is grow in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Let me read that again. The first part. Let the word of Christ grow and live in you richly. Something that we have almost, um, my wife and I got a great revelation about this because she said it and then I said it in a little bit of a different way. The word of God is a gift to you. That Bible that you have, that Bible on your tablet or on your phone, that word of God, those Bibles, um, that is a gift from God to you. And if we would look at it as the gift that it really is, then we would understand what it means to unwrap the words that are inside of it. Every day that God talks to you through that word is a gift to you from God. Imagine a world right now without the word of God. Imagine us as a church. Imagine God just totally saying, I'm taking my word out of the earth and you're on your own. Well, that's about to happen. Uh, when the church leaves and the, when the world is left in the state that it's in. Amen. Uh, God's gift to man is the word. We also know that that's Jesus incarnate. Amen. Jesus is the word. He was a gift. The word is a gift to us and we need to treat it that way. And when I take the word of God into me, what happens is, is when I add my faith to it, that word inside me begins to grow. 
I want it to be growing inside of me. Amen. Things can only grow in fertile soil. Things can only grow in fertile soil. And that's why Proverbs 4.23 is so uh, important to us as a believer. This is my, some of my favorite scripture in the Bible. It's so, so above all, guard your affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. If I want to walk by faith in this God kind of love, I have to make sure that I am filling myself with love. If I am not filling myself with love, but I'm expecting love to come out, then I'm deceiving myself or fooling myself. And trust me, we do it every day. We think because of our good intentions or because I go to church or for, or for whatever reason, I did a good deed today, that when I'm squeezed, good's going to automatically come out of me. No, no, no. When I squeeze a sponge, whatever's in that sponge, it's going to come out. And when I squeeze even harder, what's down in the very root, the very base of that sponge is what comes out. It's the same with you and I. If I want love to come out, if I want love to be the guiding factor, if I want love to be the, make me the agent of change that God wants me to be, then I have to make sure that I am watching love, listening to love, and speaking love. I have to constantly be keeping myself, that goes back to letting His words fill my thoughts. I have to be feeding on these things. I have to be feeding my faith. We need to be surrounding ourselves with the Word of God. We need to be reading the Word of God, memorizing the Word of God, confessing the Word of God, imagining, and I think we'll get into the imagining part next week, but I, wanna, I need to begin to penetrate or saturate myself with the Word to get it in me. Well, Pastor Jack, that seems so extreme. I've, I've got all these other things that I've got a job and a wife and I've got to be thinking about all those things. Totally understand. But we have the ability, our time is what we really is our most precious commodity. When I'm in the vehicle, I'm listening to the word. When I am doing busy work here at the church, I'm listening to the word. Uh, when I am, my personal prayer times in the morning and my other personal prayer times, when I come to the church, I'm in the word. I'm reading the word. When I go to prayer, I'm in the word. I'm constantly trying to keep the word in me. When I work out in my headphones now, I'm listening to the word. I'm constantly trying to saturate myself with the word of God. Doesn't make you a religious nut. Doesn't make you anything other than a student and disciple of Jesus, <coughs> excuse me, of Jesus Christ. If you want love to come out, love, the God kind of love must go in. I highly encourage you to do what I've done and take 1 Corinthians chapter 13 out of the Amplified and commit it to memory. Love endures long and is patient and kind. It's never envious nor boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful of vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. It's not arrogant, conceited, and inflated with pride. You get the point. I have entrusted that to my memory and I confess it every single day. Confessing is another part of living this God kind of love by faith. It's a confession of what's in my heart. I want to speak the word that's in my heart. I want to speak it. I want to build my faith. I need, I need to hear it. Sometimes your own ears need to hear you speaking the word to it. Amen. Well, this is kind of a part one of what we're getting into about walking uh, in this God kind of faith, this God kind of love. I'll have a couple of more points for you next week. We're just going to keep talking about love. Amen. Don't you think that what the world needs now is love? If anything that's going on, the answer to it is love. If we'll just respond and react to people in love, 
it can totally diffuse a number of situations. Amen. Well, this is Pastor Jack C., Pastor Michelle and I, Pastors Jack and Mary Jean, the whole staff. We love you very, very much. And uh, we are honored and blessed to be in your life. Uh, pray for us as we're making decisions about the church and about its future, where we're going and what we believe God has called us to do. We highly encourage you that if you're watching and you're in the Houston area, not a part of a church right now, maybe your church isn't even open yet. You are welcome here at West Houston Christian Center. We have a seat for you. Uh, it's very, very safe here. Uh, we're doing the utmost to protect people. Uh, you can wear a mask or not wear a mask. Uh, we encourage you to do it when you're here. Um, but we just want you to come. You need to be a part of a local body. You need to be in a church. There's a supply that you have that your church needs. Amen? Well, as I said before, we all love you here at West Houston Christian Center. Jesus is Lord, and we'll see you Sunday.